welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies. I'm your host, Chris Chapin. And I'm your host, Caleb Shively. Um, today on the show, uh, and by the way, this is a show, a podcast, in which we talk about movies, uh, usually two movies, and usually we try to make sure they're good movies, although a piece of crap sneaks mm-hmm. in every once in a while. Uh, it's the Actually Best Choice uh actually being in the sense that we're men and correcting you exactly that we're men on the internet we couldn't not say actually and best choice in the sense that it is uh what quantifies good steak it's a good choice (laughs) good cut of meat wait can we back that up a second it's choice in that what quantifies good steak good cuts of meat good cuts of meat all right say it's a a quality quality choice shout out to the beef and dairy network the best beef podcast that oh, the, exists speaking oh, of, cuts of meat, yeah it is actually a fantastic show i would recommend it to everyone uh this week on the show speaking of shows we're going to talk about two movies uh the new movie from gaspar no called climax and a movie from a couple of years ago uh called Cresha, which is by what director caleb uh, trey know? edward schultz okay thank you very much I don't know who that is, but thank you very much. Um, and they are both from A24, we think. And they're we both kind they're of both, claustrophobic horror movies that are maybe not 100% horror. They're horror movies that have no supernatural element to it. Like, they're things that can happen in real life to us without a werewolf man or a swampy boy. <laughs> or um, a female monster. Yeah, a swampy lady. Like Jaws was a girl. Is, is Which a is fact? also a, a real thing that could happen. That is true. Jaws is a real thing. I mean, really, anything with a serial killer, like, I mean... That's true. Jason Mike could Myers, happen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Except Chucky. that he comes back to life a bunch, you know, oh, but true. other than that. Uh, anyway, that's this week on Actually Best Choice Movies. Uh, but before we get to that, Caleb, what have you been watching this week? Well, the last movie I watched uh, was Assassination Nation, which you probably oh, heard yeah. of. I've heard of that. I didn't. Uh, I kind of wanted to see it. I didn't mm, go see it. Don't go see it. It's a uh, purge light. Uh, purge they try to have a message more behind it. It's like Teen Purge, right? Sure. It's like uh, if Greg Araki directed Purge. Is that kind of what it's like? That's actually kind of apt. Uh, Greg Araki. And I have not seen this movie. I'm just yeah. extremely insightful. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, they try to do a lot of. Uh, very pretty shots and uh, there's some decent cinematography to it but like were you watching the movie and you were going hey man nice shot uh, i wish i was <laughs> uh because i just wanted to see the violence because i have a huge bloodlust and they really that's uh, why you're an american man i guess they so, handicap yeah. the violence well like you want to see you're you're told this movie's going to be violent through the previews mm-hmm. and it just did not hold up to its end of the bargain um oh you did not think it was violent enough no not at all uh, there is violence in it, but like not enough for me. And also, uh, try to have a message that gets fumbled around with everything that's going on. It's also kind of like Heather's or something. At the uh, same I time? would say, yeah, Heather's and the season uh, nineteen plot of South Park. That's a weird reference. You're, uh, gonna, but, you're gonna have to refresh my memory on the uh, season nineteen they, plot uh, of South Park. Uh, a troll leaks everyone's information out. It looks like half of Salem just got hacked. And that ends in anarchy. But not re- really because it's really contained. I don't know. It's a kind of a a dumb movie that I was curious about that did not hold up. Is that like on Netflix or something? Or? I got uh, my disc. I guess to get my oh, disc skill. Your discs. You have a whole other range of movies at your disposal because of this disc thing. That it's you true. Do. I try to like I watch it as soon as I get it too, just so I could mail it back and get another one as quick as I can. <laughs> it's called so playing cool. to win. 
Um, and you're watching these on your television, on your computer? On my television. Whose computer has a disc drive? Who has a DVD player? I, I have mean, a DVD player, a VHS player, and a Blu-ray player. Oh, my God. Caleb, this is a sickness. <laughs> it's not a sickness. It's why I have a movie podcast. I mean, we're sitting in a room with, like, many old video game systems that I have and, like, literally a stack of N- Nintendo 64 games. Why did I never games? notice this before? <laughs> you got my original Nintendo, my Atari emulator. Your my Atari old, flashback. Yeah, right. My old, uh, like arcade game emulator there's an iron in here too yeah um but that's iron. just because i'm into looking sharp well can't fault you for that you look great <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> um last thing you watched chris hey you know caleb to be honest with you uh i saw a, actually a lot of movies this weekend but i think we're going to talk about them on future episodes dun, of the dun, show dun, dun, dun. uh foreshadowing except that i didn't say what they were so it's not foreshadowing just regular um, shadow. If you darkness. follow us on Twitter, that's at ABC Movie Pod or Movies ABC. Just ABC Movie ABC Movies. ABC Movies. Uh, then you will movies see Movies ABC. Me- actually, I think it's Movies ABC. It's Movies yeah. ABC because our Bitly link is Bitly slash ABC Mo- yeah, all caps. Right. Movies. I think that was because ABC Movies was taken, and that's mm-hmm. why I had to. I was right. trying to think on my by feet. the ABC Network's original movie programming. Is that really what's? I hope <laughs> that would be fucking awesome if that's who had it. It's like about like not without my daughter. Saturday night at ABC. Wonderful Todd world of Disney. Scarrett is Olympic skating Tom coach. Scarrett. I feel like that would be an ABC original sure. movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the thing I would say I watched that was best this week was a 13 minute supercut of Matthew Rees and Carrie Russell's super oh. cute moments. What was your first impression of each other when we first met? I had to wait a couple of times before she, I met her when she was actually sober. <laughs> then I could get an idea of who she actually is. Uh, it's like so, a bunch of interviews with them from different junkets and stuff where they're being just super cute together as a couple. I think I mentioned to you, but not recently enough, that uh, I just started watching The Americans. This mm. is 2019 19, currently, yeah. and I just started watching it. I'm only in s- halfway through season two, and I, I love it. They're an adorable couple. They Catherine and I, cute. like, so they are, play a couple on The Americans, and they're also a real-life couple. They fell in love while making the show. Carrie Russell was like... With someone else, married to someone else, and they broke. She broke up. With oh, him I didn't know that. Together. I knew they were a couple in real life, but I didn't know that she broke someone else. Yeah, body. exactly. <laughs> um, it was great. It contained a lot of really funny things of the two of them just joking around and being idiots. And plus, my friend Ricky was in it at some point. Oh, most people go to work and you have a whole other thing. You know, we go to work and I'm like, I saw you do that. I saw you do that thing. Yeah, I, I was watching. I was standing right there. You know, Are you ready to go rolling? Okay. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, but anyway, I loved it. It was great to see Ricky. It was a great experience all around. I felt very warm and fuzzy. It made me feel, <laughs> it was like good, <laughs> just positive emotions top to bottom. That was real fucked up. Caleb <laughs> trying to smash the table yeah, onto I did the it ground. Out. My heel touched it. Caleb, who's furious about the positive emotions I get from Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese's relationship. Uh, so everyone, that was my boner hitting the table. <laughs> it went, ba-da-da-da-da-ding. Uh, boing. No, ba da da ding. Ba da da ding. It's more hollow. <laughs> the table or your dick? My dick. All oh, right, sure, of course. Otherwise, the semen couldn't come out of it. It has to be hollow, Caleb. That's yeah. just anatomy. How else would they put their boat in there? <laughs> Ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum. Hey, uh, so yeah, the first movie we're talking about this week is Climax. If you couldn't dance, what would you do? Suicide? Climax is a new film from Gaspar No. Uh, it's maybe the most approachable and humane 
uh, film he's ever made, especially because he's a director known for like unbearably uncomfortable set pieces and big formal tricks that maybe don't, you know, advance the story as much as they just show off. Um, it's a loose, like kind of, you know, like shambolic, like not formless exactly, but kind of almost formless movie about a group of French dancers who, you know, the beginning of the movie, we're watching them all be interviewed and in these kind of like straight ahead interviews, which are being played on a television set. Uh, and then we sort of switch to all those same people like locked in this warehouse just to have a party and dance. Um, it can have the claustrophobic feeling of being stuck at a party you'd want to leave, uh, which is intentional, obviously. Um, it features a big mix of white and black people, different sexual orientations, different gender identities. People have written that it's like supposed to be maybe an incisive critique of modern French society and politics. But to me, it feels maybe more like a love note from No, who's now 55, to, you know, a bunch of today's young and, you know, vibrant youth culture, uh, which he's put, you know, basically put an extremely light frame on it, this kind of like lsd murder party just as an excuse basically to be like young people today are really cool and interesting like here's a bunch of them like you should spend time with these people um and you can kind of tell that too because for maybe the first time in his whole career it seems like he actually likes the characters that are in his movies you know um and i'm you know 20 years younger than no and not to brag but i i get that i think young people today are pretty cool and different and um it's cool to see like a movie that just highlights them um you know, he's the kind of guy who gets, you know, both booze and a standing ovation at con, you know, sometimes for the same movie. Um, and you can definitely see that in this movie. It's like all over the place. It gets good reviews. It's gotten some really bad reviews, like the Times Picayune writer, give it a one star review and I, which I will read from later. But, um, you know, uh, what did you think about this movie, Caleb? I'm hesitant to say whether I like liked it or didn't oh, like it because it's, uh, I liked it a lot. It's yeah. probably the, uh, one of the best movies of 2019 so far. Three yeah, months really. in. Uh, his, I would say maybe his best movie, like you said, his most manageable movie yeah, uh, he's right. taken. I'm a big uh, uh, Irreversible fan. Yeah, sure. Uh, and there is even the transfer elements of that are kind of wild. Uh, but his last couple ones have kind of lost me. Uh, like I do like Enter the Void. I haven't seen yeah, Love. Yeah, I love Enter the Void. I didn't see Love either. So yeah, Love is the, love is on the movie that's too. famous for having... 3D semen. 3D semen. A dick shoots semen at you in 3D. And it was real sex, and you know, yeah. it's not scripted. It's just uh, like people But this one sex. is very easy to uh, get into. Like you said, his uh, more artistic liberties, his uh, weird trancier directing, uh, like it's shot upside down a lot. Yeah, right. That totally works with because you're trying to feel this acid trip, which it is... Uh, Real time, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the trick I loved about it that he did was there's a DJ playing the whole time, so it soundtracks the entire movie. It's all, um, I forget the word for when uh, the sound diegetic. is diegetic. Diegetic Thank is the you. word you're looking for. Yeah, it's all diegetic sounds. It, it is just like being at a party with these people for like. 80% of its runtime until they start like tripping out on LSD. And then that even is still like being at a party with them. Yeah. Um, it's just got this feeling of like, yeah, being locked at a warehouse Very party. claustrophobic, very... Uh, and there's, as we are all different people, all different people react to things differently. Mm -hmm. uh, there is, like, some mob mentality to this movie, uh, but it all just builds and builds more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable. There is parts where I was, like, kind of gripping my seat a little bit, being like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> like bud. what's going to happen? Yeah, um, there is a child involved in all this debauchery, too, which yeah, is I mean, its own kind of fucked up. It tells you about Gaspar No that, like, a movie where a child drinks LSD and maybe electrocutes himself to death is his most lighthearted movie. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it actually is. Like, yeah. I'm not fucking around. It is his most lighthearted movie. <laughs> it's mostly, like, kind of not that tough to watch, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like you said, it starts off as like interviews, uh, and it then turns into a, a dancing. The interview stuff felt very uh, slacker to me, very link letter to me, which is yeah. amazing and, and very like, restrained on uh, Noah's behalf. I haven't seen anything like him with that before, and they're yeah, very interesting yeah. interviews. And they just because you're not really getting to know these characters, because it's just such a through line the rest of the movie mm-hmm. that it's hard to like project anything onto them. Like, so it's good that we get to know some aspects of a character. Just they introduce like a little plot point, and then. Mm-hmm. Oh wait! I get to see this play out on these people on acid, and even the dance scene itself—it's like goes to that to the actual rehearsed dance scene, uh, mm-hmm. which is they're rehearsing for a national tour. I, I guess think. something like yeah. that. Yeah, like they're representing France because they're all French and they're going on tour. Which, uh, like you brought up, the um, how it's supposed to be a metaphor for French society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how, it, yeah. Like Crumbles. different people, yeah. right? And you know, black people, uh, white people, gay people, straight yeah. people, and they get along, but then there's like simmering tensions mm-hmm. underneath the surface. Which I mean, I do think that's part of what he's doing in the film, but I don't necessarily think that's like all of it. No, I think that some of it is just like, you know, highlighting this really cool, you know, queer uh, underground culture. And the dancing is actually yeah. amazing. Like I was like, this is really impressive dancing. Yeah, one shot about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the whole movie's one shot, but there's no, a lot of lot there, of long takes. There's a lot of like very yeah, very, very long lot takes. of long. Uh, I mean, that's what he's quarters. famous for too. Like, in, like Enter the Void and, yeah, and yeah. Irreversible both have like extremely extremely. Oh, Irreversible long takes. has that famous one, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's the just you know, so this movie we keep referencing. It's a 2002 movie, I believe. Yeah, very uh, Irreversible. It's famous for having this. It's told backwards. It was made before uh, Memento, I think. Right. Uh, yes, yes, it yeah. was. And it's 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 out of order where the last scene is first and the first scene is last chronologically and you kind of go backwards and um the centerpiece of it is this terrible terrible rape scene mm-hmm. that is sh- done like without cutting i think it's like one shot oh right? yeah they uh they let you feel everything they let you, you feel, feel how uncomfortable like it's so terrible it's so so terrible to watch and it ends with this guy beating this woman like maybe to death we don't actually know and uh it, i remember seeing that in college and thinking that looks like so real. It's so disturbing. I don't know how that woman is not like brutally attacked in this uh, scene. The you great know? Monica Bellucci starred in it. Yeah, Monica Bellucci. Who um, uh, probably should have got some awards for that. Yeah, 2002. Vincent Castle, who I think we've brought yeah, up we on. We talk our, about all the time. On them before. That movie was like kind of a like a big thing in my group of friends in college. Like we would watch it a lot and watch it with like new people and basically if you didn't think that it was good and oh sure you'd be, we would not hang out with you anymore <laughs> like it you was had an irreversible it, yeah exactly because <laughs> it was like you had to be like yeah that's what the fucking world take this is in, like man yeah yeah that's yeah brutal. this doesn't shock me at all because I already think society yeah that's is a very up. college thing Lars von Trier's uh, yeah we yeah, used to watch uh, a lot of French Lars horror von Trier, films yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, Dancer in the Dark, we would watch like all sure. the time. It really fit in that like mm-hmm. we want to make you feel as terrible as possible during this. Mm-hmm. Or like Funny Games, like the remake of Funny Games, sure. right? Yeah, you guys are real hardcore. Yeah, it's all terrible, terrible stuff to watch. <laughs> um, and then Enter the Void kind of softens it a little bit. I mean, that is like hard. It has a, what are the famous things from that movie? Like a really long DMT trip. And then uh, the, the camera hovers above the action for the whole rest of the, like for two hours. And they had to build all these specialized sets and this oh, crazy right. camera rig where the camera was like in the air the entire time and all the scenes are taking place below the camera basically. Cause it's like a, the, a ghost is watching everything. Oh, right, right. I haven't yeah. seen that movie in so long. 
Yeah, I used to really, really like it. It made yeah. a big impression on me. I was very, I wanted to see Love, the 3D sex movie a lot. It's on Netflix right now, yeah. It is on, but it must be edited. Like, how could it not be I would be assume so. Well, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. No, but I was, like, very interested to see this movie. It's gotten a lot of, like, very good reviews. Yeah. Um, and people the reviewers mostly, I trust really liked it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's, wait, so here's what oh, the yeah, read this. critic uh, from the Where Times, is he from? Time? The Times-Picayune in New Orleans. No, really? Yeah, so oh. you can find this on nolalive.com. Oh, buddy. Gaspar knows drug-addled climax, an artfully shot and well choreographed but ultimately sadistic explosion of anger ugliness and cruelty that ranks up there with the 2018 Suspiria when it comes to sheer unapologetic unpleasantness which is I have a lot to unpack in there <laughs> Um, first of all, I didn't particularly find it to be, especially compared to his other work, sadistic. No, not compared to his angry other work. or ugly there or is cruel. Ugly and sadistic elements to it for sure. The way they treat people and the way uh, how just violence comes up very but, quickly. You know, there's not even really that much violence. Like the one girl's hair catches on fire, which is an accident. Uh, there's a scene where spoiler: this lady needs to prove her that she didn't do it by she just ends up cutting herself and it's so like yeah, right yeah, and that's yeah. so there's always the uh threat what of is violence it she's too. proving in that scene i forget uh like they tell her that she is the one who spiked with lsd oh, well, she's right. the reason why they have lsd so like she takes a knife out out, uh, out of just like first have self-defense then everyone just starts yelling chanting group chanting at her okay. kill yourself kill, kill yourself, yourself. Yeah, and she right. just like does it and you're like oh that didn't look so bad and then you see her start bleeding and she starts cutting her face and it's just, oh yeah but uh, then she is not even the one who kills herself in the end, right? Or is she? I, I think it was the other one because it's yeah. some spoiler alert again. It's like the mother of the child probably. Oh yeah, she herself. she does. Yeah, um, she does. Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, the the opening shot, I believe, is her out in the snow with all the blood. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 like collapsing. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing is that it's winter outside. Like it for some reason, it it's very like it gives a certain gravity to what's going on inside, and it's so unexpected. Like that they because mm-hmm. it seems very hot and sweaty and claustrophobic in this like room where most of the action takes place, and then only at the very beginning and at the very end the door opens a little bit and you see that there's like huge snow banks outside, and it's like so not what you're expecting yeah. to the outside. Especially to be how like, sweaty and yeah claustrophobic it is. Yeah, and I don't know what that if that was supposed to like symbolize something or if they just shot it in the winter. Uh, it was based on a true story and it probably was during winter because that probably they did find that body in the Oh, the... I didn't know it was based on a yeah, true story. At the beginning it says a true story. Oh, well that doesn't mean it's like actually based on a true story. They oh. say that all the time and it, you oh. know. Well, I think it was. It, it was like a, a French party where like it probably just a, a police report they found of like all yeah. these people fucked up. Uh, I did like, uh, always a fan when a movie chooses to uh, do something original with their credits. Like this had all the credits at the beginning and then its oh, title yeah. card came up about like 40 minutes in or something. Yeah, that was really weird, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. And it was very confusing to watch. Everybody in the theater, even in like the whatever cool theater we were at, everyone was a little bit like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, I got <laughs> excited by that. I was like, ooh, you, you fucking with me, man. Ooh, you playful bastard. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I also, I, I mean, I did like it. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. It was definitely not what I was expecting when yeah, I went into it because I expected it to be more of like more of a horror film. Yeah, it has a first like a hangout vibe and it becomes kind of funny at first when they're just like yeah. after they dance. And Which like is amazing, joyful, amazing for dance a long scene. Time. Yeah, and then it's just like them like pounding around, being like this the social status. Like, oh, I want to sleep with this girl. I want to do this. Yeah, exactly. I'm having fun. Like you're introducing all these and characters. Some of that stuff I will say is like a little yeah. over the line as far as like oh, saying totally. like really gross yeah, sexual things. They are. 
Yeah. And, it, and then the like, drugs kick in. Yeah, and then the drugs kick in. Someone spikes the bunch with LSD, and then everyone's like losing their minds on LSD. It is something to behold. Which, like, which how is a, much LSD was there in there? Because, again, I would say this is not a normal reaction to taking LSD. It feels LSD. like it was like a more controlled, well, not uh, an out-of-controlled LSD. Like, it was a stronger one than it mm. was, especially when you don't know you're about to take it. Well, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So that's Climax. And then the next movie we have is 2017. Is, is that right? Uh, 2016. 2016. Cretia. You are a lever. You are heartbreak incarnate. If you think you can just pop in and pop out of people's lives like this, you are malinformed. You don't know who I am. You don't know anything about what I'm here trying to do. Cretia, uh, the, pl- well, the plot of Cretia is uh, a troubled older woman visits her family for the first time in a couple years for Thanksgiving. Intentions rise. Uh, that's the plot. This Gentile minimalist plot is shot for maximum discomfort and very apprehensively. Uh, it's kind of Polanski-esque in that manner from the director Trey Edward Schultz, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, some accolades that won. It won Independent Spirit John Cassavetes Awards, which is one of the great awards we give out for films. Uh, uh, and also won the Gotham Independent Film Award for Breakthrough Director and the New York Film Critics Award for Best First Film. I mention that because the past two winners of each of those awards are this year was Bo Burnham and the year before that was Jordan Peele. And before that we have Trey Edward Schultz for this movie, Cretia. Uh, it's also one of the very... Film, few films to actually scare me. He's cast his real life aunt in the title role. Schultz himself plays the, the, her estranged son. Uh, and this, oh my god, that was him. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but like, <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, the, uh, this weaves together this familiar, familiar family tension into, like, it's part of the film's core aesthetic and creating. It creates both uh, an audio and a visual anxiety. Uh, it turns like these mundane aspects of like Americana Thanksgiving, like preparing a turkey, watching football, it turns that into a very dark psychological horror movie. I love it. It's one of my favorite films of the past couple of years. Uh, it was definitely very interesting. So let me say Caleb insisted on doing this movie on the show this week. <laughs> Um, I would just like, so what, what were the connections between these two in your mind? Uh, in my mind, it was that these are true things that are very easily can happen to you. And they're both horror of the horror genre where, uh, climax was, you could have a bad acid trip in a party. You can have, uh, and Cretia is a relative that you aren't comfortable with coming home to visit you, or you could be that outsider of yourself at a party like a, a and that could be horrific in its own ways. Uh, the part that scared me, and I'll try not to have it be a spoiler, is like at the very end, which I would say it does kind of rush towards its ending at the end, uh, but uh, you just don't know what's going to happen. Like she's coming, Krisha, uh, the main character, is comes downstairs. She's an addict. She is kind of relapsing. And just see her like not knowing what's going to happen as she like confronts the Thanksgiving dinner and just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know. Yes. And it, the way he shoots it is very... Uh, in sync with the audio it's like kind of wobbly kind of like very close in her framed for her to like be uh, this imposing figure overall that this is the trick to the movie uh it follows here like you're on it like you just only hear her perspective the whole time uh and it gives you sympathy for this like recovering addict monstrous-esque character but as you're building the sympathy for her you're actually just seeing her behavior and it's totally inexcusable too (laughs) so it's like oh i get why she's this way but also i don't like that i feel this way it's one of the most uncomfortable 
movies I've seen, and I, that's why I love it so much. Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely think it has a similar vibe of being, like, trapped at a party that you can't Oh, sure, leave, that's also... But it's good. one that I'm, maybe is a lot more familiar to us, which is, like, a weekend of holiday with your family. Like, it's Thanksgiving, I think, is what the yeah, holiday that it is. Yeah. And um, it does a great job of showing you, much like uh, Climax, like these different little interactions that are going on all day between people. I mean, if you have a family that has more than four people in it, this will be familiar to you. Like these two weirdos are like wrestling the whole movie. These other two are like having some inane conversation about nothing. There's a dumb uncle in it. Yeah, like dad is shouting like, this computer is not connected. Like what's going on? And the son is like, just plug this cord into that mm-hmm. and then it works. I mean, but that is like people literally football, the entire yeah. movie, right? Mm-hmm. People watching football and yelling. Yeah, I think some that of the w- family going to pick up grandma, grandma yeah, coming, yeah. you know. That was his other, uh, uh, her real life mother, his real life grandma. I mean, they did yeah. look very similar, <laughs> the two of them. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel glad that hangout vibe just like these are their rituals. This is like watch football together, we cook our turkey together, all exists to uh, show that Krisha is alienated from it. She is on the outside looking in at these uh, rituals and not being a part of them. Yeah, uh, she's like ten years removed from her. Like they don't really explain too much why she's other. Like you, we learn that she is a right, recovering we learn addict over the course of the yeah. film. But there's like we don't know the ex- actual inciting incident of what happens. But the, even like the way like they sh- uh, uh, she just overhears conversations. They shoot it like very much like she's eavesdropping into these conversations, or she's very much has her statements prepared as she's talking to these conversations. Mm-hmm. There's a part where she t- is talking to her estranged son who's like, doesn't really want to talk to her, but knows he has to. And she just encourages him to be a filmmaker just because that's the only no- thing she knows how to. <laughs> it's like the one, it's like when you tell your dad, you like a yeah. girl and then he's bringing it up like two years later. You're like, dad, I don't <laughs> like that girl anymore. And she's like, Oh, you're always filming things with that little camera. And he's like, I'm at college. I'm studying something. I was like, what's wrong with you? I mean, it definitely didn't remind me. I mean, my I'm relatively close with my family, but I was thinking, like, whom amongst us has not felt like oh, Krisha sure. at a family gathering, like, completely on the outside, like, everybody seems to be talking to each other, and you're like, well, there's, like, no space for me at this at this event, you know, and you're just kind of hovering around the margins. I mean, I definitely found that, like, very identifiable, and, right, they don't tell you uh, why she's estranged from them, and it's it does a good job of kind of, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's something I like in film where it keeps you off kilter a little bit because the film starts with her pulling her rolling suitcase mm-hmm. and she's walking through this subdivision and there's it's like a, a great million giant shot. houses yeah. everywhere and she's like trying to figure out where to go and she's like stepping in puddles. She goes to the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, and she's like screaming and cursing at herself she, uh, for stepping in a puddle. Yeah. And and at first I was like, is this woman, you know, I knew nothing about this film going into it. I watched it on your recommendation and I'm like, is this woman, you know, like a like a psychic or like a makeup artist? She's that weird vibe. She's to like it, yeah. a later middle aged woman in her with 60s, like yeah. long gray hair, and she's you know got these like kind of cheap looking roller bags and this kind of you know flowing mom outfit. And you're like, oh, is she like trying to find someone to like do some kind of a service to them? Is she like a makeup artist or something? And then she goes to this house, and it's kind of she like doesn't recognize the person that opens the door. She's like, oh, I probably have the wrong house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh no, I'm you know so and so's husband. And then she comes in and everyone hugs her so warmly and they're very being very nice to her. Another and, great and, one track. And you're like, there. oh, you're like, oh, I'm completely like, uh, now I don't know what to think. Like, oh, the, she's, they were all waiting for her. And this, all this tension and anxiety she had before she walks in, she suddenly seems to not have any of it. And you're like, oh, I, I had completely the wrong impression of this person. 
but then as it goes on you find out like no that is kind of that's still there you know mm-hmm. um it reminded me very much of uh like i said it won the john cassavetes uh Cassavetes. It has a Cassavetes. very film to it like she's a very, very much a gina rowlands-esque character yeah uh, i can see that and like she doesn't scream i guess she does scream. i was gonna say she doesn't scream <laughs> enough at people over dinner but that is if she does that several times and kudos for like writing and basing a movie off of a woman in her 60s like why I mean, don't yeah, like, cool, that right? does not happen anymore at all yeah, right yeah <laughs> Yeah, everybody's trying to act like Julianne Moore is a hero for being in this Maggie May movie. Gloria Bell. Gloria Bell, whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Um, which does not look very good to me, I will say. Um, uh, I like Sebastian Lee. I'll check it out. I mean, we'll maybe do it on the show, but I don't think... I I will go on record without seeing it, saying it doesn't look very good. Especially finding out... Did you hear this news Julianne this Moore? week? Um, or last week, I guess, that yeah. she was supposed to be the lead in Can You Ever Forgive in, uh, Me? She's supposed to be lead Israel, yeah. And, and was fired. I didn't leave that movie. I was fired. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, yeah. Nicole fired me. Nicole Holofs and her being like, you know what? I have some clout and I have a vision. Peace, Julianne Well, I mean, Moore. can you imagine her being the lead of that movie? It would have not have been good at all. I don't think she would have been good in that movie. It would have been more like a weird prestige. It would have lost all its vibrancy. Ooh, well, because mean. it's like... To be blunt, like she's too pretty to be the star mm-hmm. of that movie. If to, to watch a beautiful I person can't like picture Julianne, her doing prickly, to, when a beautiful person is prickly, they're just an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like they're not. Yeah. They're, there's not. They're, they don't. They don't seem wounded. They just seem rude. Sure. sure. Um. So that's kind of what I think about Gloria Bell. Is like I don't buy her as being like a down on her luck, whatever, whatever. Like. If you're as attractive as Julianne Moore, life goes well for you. That's all I'm going to say. Like, speaking as she someone does, who does wear like, glasses in this movie, so. As someone who is, like, not that attractive, but is, like, okay attractive, I get all kinds of shit all the time without doing a goddamn thing, you know? As someone who's tremendously attractive, Caleb I don't is care. very attractive. I don't yes. pay attention to anyone's opinions on anything at any time. I mean, you're and just. just live life on a cloud. Well, that's your. Uh, <laughs> exactly. As an attractive person, yeah. We're both in the bubble, obviously. <laughs> Another fun fact this was actually shot. Kresha is shot at his parents' house. I thought that was very oh weird. It is, he shot it over like a, nine days. Yeah, very uh, minimalist budget. Uh, I mean, the movie is under 90 minutes. It's like an hour yeah. 20, I think. I feel like they could have padded out that ending a little bit more. I thought it was good. I thought it yeah, had but it a did end that like and... t- uh, tension to like I don't know what's going to happen. Like, and that's what probably that's what scared me. I don't. It did a really good job of unspooling information in a way where you like, yeah, you, you know, absolutely mm-hmm. nothing at the like beginning. Like she has her finger broken. You don't know why. Not broken, like missing. Oh, yeah, like missing. Her <laughs> finger is like cut. Half of it is cut off. And it's, I mean, it's like a kind of a heavy metaphor, but she has half of her finger cut off, but she's like wrapped it in a bandage trying to hide it from everyone. Much like she's trying to conceal her psychic oh, wounds yeah. from everyone in the family, you know? Uh, and then there is like a big scene of her like chopping after you find out that part of her finger is missing, like the next scene is her like mm-hmm. using a butcher knife over and over again. And it made me extremely nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all, all this movie does. It's uh, tremendously directed. Uh, uh, shout out this director, Trey Edward Schultz. He also did um, uh, after this movie, which won a bunch of awards at the two big awards at South by Southwest that year uh, audience and uh, jury prize, which South by Southwest turns out it's a good film festival. Mm. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> um, it it you didn't say the name of the movie. Oh, Krisha, Krisha. No, no, no. Uh, then his next movie. Oh, his next movie. Oh, yes. Oh, no. His uh, under his belt, uh, he has they came they came it at night. It comes at night. It yeah. comes at night, which I liked a lot. Yeah. Uh, and his next movie is uh, I from what I read, it's a musical drama, which oh I'm very. God. It's called Waves. It stars my man Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges. Wow, you were outstanding in this oh movie. My oh my god, we get to talk oh about Lucas god. Hedges getting to sing Please. like he did in Lady Bird. Please. Yeah, Waves is the title of the Lucas the Hedges, Sterling K. Brown, uh, the kid who was in It Comes at Night. 
which is the premise of Will Forte's uh, TV show, Last Man on Earth, but over the course of one movie and not a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Is is, is it really? I I haven't seen it. It comes tonight. It's good. Uh, Chris Abbott's great in it. Uh, Joel Edgerton, who I go back and forth on, is pretty wonderful in it. Uh, one thing I really liked in the movie is uh, the sound design, which is oh like, yeah, very, and no, the sound, the score, which is very, it's like a very intense horror movie yeah. score, but just over scenes of like two sisters talking in the kitchen, it gives you this feeling. Of, I mean, and it's kind of a crutch, right? But it's also an effective yeah, tool. Yeah, it works very well. It yeah. ratchets up the tension a lot. It makes you feel like, oh my god, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going back, Grisha. No. I've earned a right to be at this table. Like at, at any point, any one of those characters could have pulled out a gun and shot someone else, and it oh, would yeah. have been totally like, like I say, I was scared. Uh, I I honestly was like, oh, what is she gonna do? Because uh, like at this point, you realize how un, uh, unhinged she is, and it's like the family dinner. So it's like, oh wait, this is a, a the my familiarity with movies. Oh, this is the thing where something happens in a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I, it it tricked me into being scared. And like every once in a while, Krisha says something, and it's like. You're like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense, but everyone treats her like she's an idiot mm-hmm. because she's like, uh, cause she's like the estranged family member of the fuck up. But uh, like she says to her estranged son, if you have a passion, you need to follow while you're young. Otherwise you get stuck doing something practical. And I was like, wow, that's like the most insightful thing mm-hmm. I've ever heard. <laughs> like, that's really great. But he just kind of goes like, whoa, whatever. As a, as a movie that portrays an addict too, it gives the addict a lot of, it doesn't make any apologies for her for for the pro- the problem of being an addict, but it just shows that there are actual people and they all actually like it's a very humanistic portrayal. Yeah, of and I mean, addiction. it really like brings you inside of her experience. Like we watch her see her very elderly mother for the first time in a decade, maybe, mm-hmm. and the mother doesn't remember her, and you're seeing them as the audience, and the two of them look exactly alike, right? And the um, the sister is kind of you know hovering over and like directing everything, and she's just trying to have a moment with her mom who doesn't remember her, and then they like wheel her away, and she uh, obviously is like very shaken and stressed out by this, and runs to her room and like frantically <laughs> opens a bottle of wine with a pair of scissors, and she's like hacking at it and uh, hacking at the cork, and again you're thinking like oh my god is she gonna stab herself or break the bottle or like what's gonna happen, but you know all that happens is that she gets the cork out and then she starts glugging from this mm. bottle like with such relief and at the same time uh just in time is playing you know (laughs) and it's like this kind of beautiful moment of like relief for her uh but then that you know obviously she's we don't know at the time but we find out later she's like a recovering alcoholic and then she's like really fucked up for the rest of the movie after that but in that moment you're thinking yeah i would have been really stressed out too like i would also need a minute to myself uh and i would probably want to drink you know Mm -hmm. and she does when they're yelling at her for having a drink she's like well he's been drinking all day and nobody's saying anything to him about it um which is like i was like yeah you fucking right on krisha you know like (laughs) yeah it's so weird that you're on her side but also seeing that like maybe i shouldn't be on her side she's like ruining people's lives at the same time such a, a paradoxical movie in that way and that's just why i love it uh it's on Netflix right now, everybody. It just got added. Krisha. I did think the name of it was Krishna, which is what I typed into Netflix. That's and funny. Uh, I got a lot of Bollywood movies. Oh, dang. Uh, you got that wild, wild, wild country. No, that did not come up, actually. It yeah. was only Bollywood movies is what came up. That's cool. None of them Bollywood were named movies. Krishna. It was just sort of like they had that associated as a tag for like Hindu language movies. Do you remember that scene in Karate Kid where for some reason Daniel just takes something from Miss Miyagi and goes, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> that always bothered me. There's <laughs> no, a lot I of little things. I don't remember that at all. 
in Karate Kid that bothered me. It's kind of a racist movie, isn't it? I mean, uh, oddly, yeah. It's racist towards Italian people, towards Asian people, yeah. towards white people. Towards, I think, yeah. Towards a uh, blonde white boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Caleb, actually, best choice movies. Actually, best choice movies. Which of these movies is I'll your go best f- choice? I'll go first since you asked me. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, I think it made it clear that uh, I do love climax. I do thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, it's one of the best movies of 2000. But. Uh, uh, we did two great movies this week, and I'm going with Cresha as my actually best choice. Uh, it's on Netflix. Please watch it. Uh, I've talked. I talk about this movie a lot. I'm glad we finally did it on this podcast. It's one of the best movies of the decade of 2010s. Do you really think? I so? do really think so. Why? Like, what about it? Like, I feel like we haven't quite I, gotten at it. Like, what is it? About I don't know, it like, that speaks to your soul so much. Uh, it, well, it's like it's the psychological horror of it too. Thank goodness I haven't had too much uh, addiction. Uh, yeah. pr- uh, in, in my life with family members or anything but just that the whole aspect of like losing someone and then like seeing that humanistic like that resonated with me and also just the way it shot like again it's a very mundane plot visiting for thanksgiving mm-hmm. and like they like they said like there's scenes where just two women talking but the way it's directed it just like so much impressed me the filmmaking behind it uh that trade results became like instantly like oh he's the director that i'm gonna follow mm-hmm. yeah i love Krisha. Um, gonna have to disagree with you, buddy. Uh, yet again, I feel like this happens every single episode. No, I climax. You got to go with climax. Climax. It's a first of all, I love Gaspar No. Like I've loved like every one of his movies that I've seen, even though he's like obviously a real piece of shit that loves to poke you in the eye as an audience member, and he likes to kind of torture you. That's great. I love. But that like moment. I'm a you know I'm a sucker for that. Like tie me up, daddy, <laughs> zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like very. It was very engrossing. It was a good look at, you know, the today's the kids of today, quote unquote. I'm making air quotes with mm-hmm. my fingers while I do this. And I thought it was just a nice kind of change of pace for him where it was a little bit more of a relaxed. I was kind of falling movie. out of being like, Oh, I'm gonna see every Gaspar No movie. Yeah. Uh, and this one brought me full back in. We're like, oh, yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot exactly. how much I love him. Cresha, I mean, I did enjoy it, but I just felt like it was a little like elusive in some way do you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean it is <laughs> yes, you love that right it's that pro- oh, when it's elusive that's when you can start projecting things on it <laughs> and that's what I probably i really like it just because i got too emotionally involved like uh i keep bringing this up but i honestly never get scared during movies uh i love watching scary things uh i love watching gore and horror oh my god i'm just trying to search that thing that makes me uncomfortable tries to make me feel and there was that in climax that like a aforementioned knife scene but Krisha just caught me so off guard by how much I was scared by it. I feel like what we've learned through the course of this show is that you are a serial killer. You have no emotions. And uh, I'm you're not, desperately trying to feel I'm something. I'm not a serial killer. I'm not yet a serial oh, killer. Okay, it's okay, probably okay, going to okay. happen, right, though. Right, 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 right. And, and a, another actually best choice, real-life situations. Would you, Which would you rather choose to be in? <laughs> which means, I guess, which is worse. Uh, yeah. Uh, would you rather have be... A bad acid trip locked in a room with a bunch of co-worker dance attractive people. Mm-hmm. But again, a really bad acid trip where you don't know what's going on in your brain. Or uh, be in the situation where, let's go with uh, you're an outsider coming home to your family and they're just completely judging you and uh, just always on paper treating you differently and treating you like like you're an outsider and you're wearing of this and it comes to a climax real things that could happen as a person who uh has a family and takes drugs well so here's the thing we haven't mentioned so far caleb and this is how i'm gonna sneak in and get to have 
you know, have my drugs and have fun too, which is that some of the characters in uh, Climax, nothing bad happens to them. They just dance and have a nice night. Yeah. Uh, or some of them dance and then get to fuck somebody. <laughs> so I would definitely pick Climax. Look, there's a chance you're going to kill yourself, but there's also like an equal chance or a greater chance you're just going to have a fine night and then uh, go home at the end of it. Yeah, I probably want to be in that too uh, as a person who's done acid. Hey, I am hey, so cool. Uh, I haven't done it in public. Done it at home quietly with my wife the both times. Both times I did feel like that sense of like i feel too strong i feel don't know what i'm feeling so i would be scared to be that way with a bunch of people who are also feeling that yeah, way right right uh but yeah, i don't want to be in the like family's awkward enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough like bad I, enough I, to have then be even more pronounced the black sheep <laughs> so to like peel the curtain back a little bit on the show we discussed this before the show that we were going to say which of these scenarios would you rather be in and i thought you were going to say not necessarily from Kresha's point of view but just at a bad awkward oh. thanksgiving and i was still going to pick climax oh yeah <laughs> uh if i was a bad one well if there was like a person who was like an addict at like uh in, in my family and uh it did attention started boiling o- boiling over to the point where i didn't know like how are they gonna? Are they gonna hurt themselves? Are they gonna hurt my family? I'd still pick Climax. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually best choice movies for this week. Uh, tune in next week where we'll be talking about. Uh, we actually picked. Yeah, we did. Uh, before, you, if you listen, you know we maybe pick one of the movies, but we actually have both this time. Yeah, remind me what they were again. Uh, we're doing. Uh, we're going hard cheese, man. Brie, 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 oh, Brie yeah. Larson. That's actually a soft cheese, Caleb, please. I don't know my please. cheeses. But Caleb, Brie is the softest cheese. Like, if you know one thing about Brie, it's uh, that it's milk a, is a the real softest soft cheese. cheese. That's the name of my album. Milk yeah. is the softest cheese. <laughs> uh, we're doing Captain Marvel in theaters Woo! now, which Chris saw and I'm seeing uh, in 10 minutes. I have to go right now. Oh, fuck yeah. Is I'm that not, true? No. No, okay. <laughs> that was the, added some good urgency. And uh, Short Term 12, which I love. I, I love Short Term 12. I'm so glad that's becoming more of the public consciousness. Brie Larson won an Oscar. Rami Malek's in it won an Oscar. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice is great. My man, like Keith Stanfield's in it. Mm. Amazing cast that no one saw coming. <laughs> yeah. And... Oh, and the uh, director of Short Term 12, uh, uh, Daniel Creston Creighton. Ooh, I'm going to get that name wrong. Uh, but he has announced that he's doing uh, the next... Marvel movie that um, I don't know Marvel movies I don't know what they're called but it's the all Asian Marvel movie that they're doing the Asian Marvel that's movie what it is doing? wow Caleb I, I mean, mean that's what it is I guess you're uh, Black Panther is the Asian, Black Marvel so you're movie allowed to say things like that but it's, it's on the line dog it's on the line uh, you're white so you can say lines but like race is a thing <laughs> But it's announced today that he, the director of Director 12, is, is doing a Marvel movie. Well, that's great. So it, it syncs up in like a million goddamn It does. Ways. It's crazy. Yeah, so tune in next week for a soft cheese episode. Uh, a brief fest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that'll be next time on Actually Best Choice Movies. Actually I'm, Best Choice. I'm going to get the name right eventually. Uh, okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. We love you. Bye.